And that's why the, all this traffic will be alleviated. Nobody's going to be on the road anymore. Everybody's going to be riding the magic this bus. This sounds great. This is why I don't understand why you're <laughs> against the project. Live from the Annex Wealth Management Studios, this is Wisconsin's Morning News. Here's your host, Vince Petrano. Bullseye! It's after 8 on Wisconsin's Morning News this Monday morning. If you want to watch along with us, you can click on the Watch Now live stream button on your WTMJ app on WTMJ.com or on the WTMJ YouTube page. You can see the awesome sweatshirt that Vince is wearing. Got my Johnson & Sons paving yes, sir. sweatshirt. Oh, baby. Yeah, that's right. Look like I'm ready to do some paving. You think? Yeah, it's a sharp-looking sweatshirt. I like it. I don't think they let me touch anything over there. I went out to that place. <laughs> I wouldn't want you to either. I'm like, what are you going to let me do here today? But I look like I could, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. What do you got, a slip loader there? Yeah, just bring that over here. Using all these big terms. Yeah, right. I'll put that gravel over there. <laughs> now I'm going to get a call from Jeff Johnson. Be like, we don't use gravel for yeah, anything. What, what are you talking about? Yeah, we use a, some sort of aggregate or whatever. I don't know, whatever you guys put down there. For the paving. Go ahead. Just code that up. <laughs> well, I think it looks great. And if you want to see how great it looks, you can join us on the video live stream. I wish to renew, while we're on the subject of paving and civil engineering and things like that mm-hmm. here, okay. I wish to renew a complaint this morning that I've had for many years, much to your amusement. I don't. <laughs> yes, why do you think this smile. is so funny? Is it because it bothers me? <laughs> yes, just because you're annoyed <laughs> by it, it makes me smile. Well, I am annoyed by it, and I think you should be too. Because it has to do with why we mismanage finances, I think. The, 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 large, the small issue is what it is, but it points to a larger issue of how we mismanage the people's money at the municipal level in terms of when we get these federal grants to do certain things with all sorts of strings attached. And this is a beautiful example of it. You had the story in the news earlier today, Milwaukee County Transit, in existential trouble. I believe in a strong transit system. I think it's necessary for uh, commerce, for moving people around, for folks who cannot afford to have a car or choose not to or whatever. You got to move them around. My grandparents grew up on the south side. They, um, on my, my dad's parents, they never had a car. They never owned a car. Just took the bus? Devotees to transit. So, great, fine. Got to have a strong transit system. And right now, our transit system is in trouble. Milwaukee County Comptroller estimating a deficit of $20 million, a deficit, by 2025, when all the COVID money runs out, they're not going to be able to run the bus system as it is right now, even just maintaining service. They're talking about route cuts affecting as many as 50% of the routes, 6 million rides annually. Officials in the system have begun to meet with state legislators on long-term solutions. Remember that tagline to the story because we'll come back around to that. But what am I talking about today? While they do this, you can see this is still happening right now. The infrastructure all but complete now. The special ramps and the onboarding platforms being built out on Wisconsin Avenue and Blue Mound Road for a whole new bus. The bus rapid transit that is supposed to begin service this year. And this first started bothering me years ago, Eric, when I was at TMJ4. And this was just a proposal then. Good morning, hon. How you doing? Emilio Lozano sees a lot of bus riders at the Milwaukee Regional Medical Center. My workers that get off the bus here, it's most around 6.30 in the morning. She often took the bus herself and thinks a quicker, more efficient service is a great idea. I'm sure a lot of the employees do too and, and some of the 
patients that want to come and see that other appointments. Goldline, Wisconsin Metro Express. So I'm talking to Amelia there. You can hear the buses coming and going. And I interviewed her. She was a crossing guard at the medical complex. And she used to take the bus, as she said, to work when asked, says, yeah, it would be great to have that quicker, easier process for all these folks who are coming and going here to the medical complex, the bus rides. Yeah, super fast bus. Yes. So the promise of bus rapid transit is electric buses, so you have renewable energy. They make fewer stops. In some cases, they will ride in dedicated lanes. And it's rapid, not relative to your car. Super fast. It is not super fast. It is relative... Uh, in, in terms of speed, it's faster relative to other buses already on the system. So this bus will make its route quicker than the number 21 or whatever bus mm-hmm. that you're on. Also because it can hold green lights a little bit longer. Some of the tech that they're going to have with the intersections is if the bus rapid transit is approaching and it's 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 in the area, they'll hold that green light so that it can make the light, whereas other buses don't run on that technology right now. So it will cut down on the drive time up and down that east-west corridor relative to the time it takes other buses to complete the route. Gate to gate, if you got on at the lakefront, say the Couture Project, right? You get on at the furthest reach here to the east, and you take it all the way to the medical complex, it'll shave nine minutes off of the time it takes you to make that trip on a bus right now. Not nine minutes off your car ride. That's still way faster. It's still way <laughs> If faster. you have a car. Yes. So problem number one, though, is we can't afford this. We can't afford to run the bus system that we have right now. Out of money, in fact, in deficit in two years. And they're talking about major cuts to the service that already exists, which transit advocates would point out is not even adequate enough for where they would like to be. And so... How do, we, how do we come to this? Well, we spent 40 to $50 million somewhere in that neighborhood in federal funding. It was made available for projects like this, but you can't spend it on just shoring up your current system. You can't spend it on things that you need. You have to spend it on something new. That's the string that's attached. So you have this federal money that's sitting out there, and it's use it or lose it for a project like this. So we took it. The problem with it is here's the money to build the system, no money to operate it. And we're about to launch this entirely new bus over existing lines that already serve this corridor within two years, a major deficit projected. And I liken it to like a gift that is a gift, but puts you in a worse financial state. I use the country club example for that. Say, you know, your in-laws, Eric, would like you and Ange. We'd, our gift to you is we'd like you to join the country club that we belong to. We'd love to see you and the kids out there and you say, but I can't afford the country club. So we'll, we'll pay your initiation fee. But what about next year? Yes. And what about your annual fee? Yeah. So the gift is, no, we'll get you into the club. We'll pay the whatever $10,000 initiation fee. Now you're in the club. Well, okay, fine. Now I'm in the club, but I have an annual fee of several thousand dollars. Maybe there's a minimum in the pro shop or at the restaurant or whatever. All these costs that you can't incur because there's no budget for that but what if more and more people find that this club is a great one it's got a great golf course so more and more people start using that club oh thus less congestion at all the other golf courses around the area and all the other courses are happy it benefits yes, everyone everybody. even though, even folks who aren't members at this fine i can get club. tea times whenever i want so this bus here promises to not only get people around quicker but reduce congestion in vehicle traffic in this east-west corridor. So Blue Mound Road, Wisconsin Avenue, if you take that, sometimes Debbie will recommend that as an alternative yeah. if, there, if there's trouble on 94. It's clogged. 
There's a lot of traffic on there. So how will adding buses, taking a lane out of traffic, shoving three lanes down to two or two lanes down to one for existing cars in order to leave a lane empty, except for when the bus is in it, how will that alleviate traffic congestion, you ask? Now, well, I, can't you argue that you might lose some cars on the roadways just because the younger generation doesn't tend to use vehicles as much as the older generation, that there might be some play there where more people would use it then? I think that's fair. They've expressed interest in transit. But again, this is a route that's already being served by buses. I'm not saying we shouldn't have nice buses, but... If we're looking at two years out, being in a major deficit, not being able to fund the system that we have, how does this make it better? And how does that alleviate any traffic? Because this bus is not just any kind of bus, Eric. This is a magic bus. Every day I get in the queue. Come on. See, now, no, this is the song they played at the public hearings. That's no. not <laughs> They played it. I was there. Uh, that's not fair. One thing that this magic bus will do, they say, is it's so fast. It's so efficient. It's so great. People will be enamored of the platforms because boarding on a platform is way more better than getting on at the curb. Yes. Yeah, All right. Okay. That, I got you now, right? <laughs> it's going to shave nine minutes gate to gate off the total time. And again, that's just if you rode it from the lake all the way down to medical complex if you pick it up somewhere in the middle of the route you're saving three four minutes okay three or four minutes hey hey right but there's the time that it takes for you to walk to the bus stop now there's a time that it takes for you to wait for the bus it's not like you're saving time over your car and yet folks say that people will be so impressed by the magic bus that they will ditch their cars not a few not hundreds Thousands of people who currently right now have cars will be so enamored of the magic bus that they'll ditch their cars and they're going to start riding the bus. They will be transit converts. And that's why the, all this traffic will be alleviated. Nobody's going to be on the road anymore. Everybody's going to be riding the magic this bus. This sounds great. This is why I don't understand why you're <laughs> against the project. I wonder, like, do people really believe that? Um, that that many people would ditch a car. I don't even know if that many people would go back and forth. I don't know what the demand is from that one spot, you know, from the lakefront uh, out to the regional medical center. I'm not sure. Is is there a large demand? Right. I, th I think so. There's a lot of jobs out there. There are a lot of jobs downtown. Great. People are back Great. and forth in the corridor. Sure, fine. Okay. But do any of the people that sold that line for wh what's the justification for this? Do they really believe it? They really think people are going to, car drivers in Milwaukee are going to ditch their cars and instead take the bus? And in case they were wondering, they're not. You used to ride the bus a lot, you said? Yes, I did. Uh -huh. yes. What changed that for you? I got a car. <laughs> That's the lady I interviewed at the top of the thing who said she used to love to ride the bus and she thinks it'd be great to have another bus. Oh, how come you don't take the bus anymore? Well, I got a car. <laughs> so it's all good. And I'll tell you why this is even more relevant. That part of the story coming up next. points I wanted to make on the bus rapid transit, which is supposed to get up and running by this summer here in Milwaukee, even as Milwaukee County Transit faces a looming deficit. And in a matter of a couple of years, they're talking about cuts that would affect some 50 percent of their routes on the existing system. First of all, we mentioned the proposal the, that was the the language that was used to sell this to the decision makers, which is 
No, this will alleviate congestion. So many people will be ditching their cars and riding this bus. I mean, are you... Is that something that they're telling themselves, like, just to feel better about it because they want to do a bus? They want to do a bus. Do you you know for sure, though, that no one's going to ditch their cars? Or is that just your speculation? No one is there. There's there's an exception to every rule. I think some people certainly will. And some people are transit aficionados. They, they like it. In fact, I told you about a friend of mine I had. She started dating a guy who's upper middle class, had a car. You know, mm. He liked to ride the bus. And they would go on dates on the bus. And she couldn't figure out whether that was something that really bothered her or if she thought it was kind of cool. See, there's two right there. There's two. <laughs> They're predicting thousands and thousands of people. I think either you're being dishonest with yourself or you're being dishonest with everybody else. Milwaukee is not Chicago. We're not New York. We're not Boston where, like, it's prohibitive to take a car in downtown to Chicago right now. Even if you have a car, right? You you know that oh, area sure, really yeah, well. Yeah, yeah. Are you going to drive from Wrigleyville into downtown, pay 30 bucks to park every day? And take all? the L if you're, you're going to go someplace. It saves you time. It saves you money. It saves you hassle. This wouldn't do that in large part, which is why people aren't going to become converts. Well, what about the younger demographic, though? Just a little bit. Like the younger demographic doesn't seem to have the same interest as you and I when it comes to car driving. That's true. But they still have a car, right? This is, again, people who have a car, not who have chosen not to, or like who don't have a car, don't have the means. They already have a car. Gotcha. They're just leaving it parked. You're going to ditch it, yeah. Which is how you uh, come to that, this is going to alleviate congestion. Here's the other point I wanted to bring up, because before we even know if one person rides this thing, before we even know the cost-benefit analysis, before we even know, does the system work, do the new buses work okay, are people flocking to this in the thousands like we predicted, we're already studying doing it again. There's a study underway, conversations underway, hearings underway about a north-south bus rapid transit that would essentially go from Bayshore all the way down to the south side. I can't remember what the terminus is. I think they're thinking the IKEA in Oak Creek. Okay, that's down there. So another one of these routes. Again, if you weren't doing it just because you wanted to do it, don't you think it would be prudent to at least say, all right, we've got this one going in. Let's give it a year. Or two years to see if this thing actually works. Let's find out where our funding is going to be at. But no, we're like right back into it, which tells you they don't really want to know whether it works or doesn't work. They want to do a bus because they want to do a bus. And meanwhile, the system is collapsing for the people who rely on that bus. And the final point I wanted to bring up on this, remember I told you, remember this line from the news report we had this morning. The county is looking at a $20 million deficit in the Milwaukee County Transit System by 2025. They're talking about looming cuts. And the last line of the story that we had in the news this morning, officials with the system have begun to meet with state legislators on long-term solutions. Because the answer to everything that gets screwed up in Milwaukee County is run to the state and say, fund us more. Fund us more. Send us more. And that's going to go on right now. Yeah, the county executive drove all the way to Wisconsin Dells for his two minutes at the microphone in front of the Joint Committee on Finance to ask for more money. And I'm on record as saying, I think that system is broken. I think as goes Milwaukee, so goes Wisconsin. We are a worthwhile community to invest in. A lot of good things happening here. And I think that funding system is broken. But make the case to outstate legislators that you need more funding from some guy in Spooner who's paying his property taxes and wants to know why his state rep voted for more funding for Milwaukee when you're urinating away money on projects like this that you don't even know if it's going to work. That's where I come down. And that's, Eric, why the bus rapid transit bugs me so much.
It is going to be a magic bus. I'm going to ride that thing. Yeah, you, you better. Darn well, you well, you <laughs> I'm better. get on that bus, and they're going to have to take me down there. on Wisconsin's Morning News. Just a lot of text on this. I appreciate the feedback. I'm 25. I know many other 25-year-olds in Milwaukee. No one rides the bus. (laughs) (laughs) And there's nothing wrong with riding the bus. I've taken the bus. As a kid, I rode the bus. Used to take the bus downtown, took the 21, took the 31 out of Tosa, all kinds of stuff. We should have a, a good, decent, sustainable transit system. It's necessary. Yes. It's necessary. And I think this gets us further away from that rather than closer to it, because we still remain in Milwaukee because, much as we complain about traffic, you can get around where you need to get around in large part unless there's an accident or something like that, and then we have ways to get around that. We still remain a car-first economy for the most part because because we can be. It's not prohibitive to have a car here like it is in some other major U.S. cities. We still remain a place where, unless you have to, you largely don't take the bus. 834 here. Twenty minutes before nine o'clock on Wisconsin's morning news. I know this isn't an easy story to wrap your arms around or find a way or reason to care, but it's in the news, so we want to explain a little bit about what's happening in Sudan, African nation that is just south of Egypt. So we're talking East Africa. Sep- the Red Sea separates it from many of the Middle Eastern countries as well. So it's kind of little bit African, a little bit Middle Eastern politics and things going on there, and there's a civ- basically a civil war. You have two rival generals going at it. Different sometimes than some of these other places where you have warlords or whatever. Like These yeah. are two generals mm-hmm. who are going at it. It's devolved into civil war, and the U.S. Embassy has been evacuated now, what, overnight? Yeah, this last over night? the weekend. Yes, from so over the weekend. And this had to, I mean, this isn't just a U.S. thing either. Like, governments from across the world Everybody out. are trying to evacuate, especially from the capital of Sudan. But yeah, they were able to clear the U.S. embassy. It was a daring mission, but U.S. Special Operations Forces pulled it off. U.S. diplomats and their families are now safely out of Sudan. But the attention is now focused on other U.S. citizens still stranded in that country. Communications are poor, the battle is intensifying, and there is no easy way. Yeah, so U.S. special ops, including members from the Navy's Elite SEALs Team 6, rescued American diplomats from the embassy. Three helicopters making an 800-mile journey Saturday night and departing from U.S. base. So they were able to get there. They refueled in Ethiopia, and now they are getting out of there. So they're back. So well done. But there are more Americans in Sudan now that the U.S. is worried about. You want to guess? They have a... An expectation of how many U.S. citizens remain in Sudan. So this is outside of the embassy, which has to be, what, a few dozen, Mm -hmm. maybe? So outside of that, how many American citizens in Sudan who might need to get out of there? Yeah. 324. 16,000. No way. 
Uh, still worried about 16,000 U.S. citizens who remain in the country. Here's what, John Kirby. contractors or something? What are they yeah, doing Probably, there? in many cases. National Security Council spokesman John Kirby on Good Morning America. We still have military forces uh, pre-positioned in the region, uh, ready to respond if need be. Uh, but right now, it's not very safe to try to run some larger evacuation, either out of a nearby uh, air base or, or even uh, just, uh, just through rotary lift like we did the other night, uh, because the fighting is so intense. So the evacuation that they were able to do was very successful and they were not fired upon no one was hurt they were able to get everybody out but as you heard Kirby just say like it's just too dangerous between these uh, two factions that are fighting each other by the way and as far as these two generals that are fighting each other U.S. doesn't want to get in the middle of that one. We are working very hard, George. In fact, every single day uh, with these two military leaders, uh, both the Sudanese Armed Forces and the so-called Rapid Support Forces, to get them to put down their arms, to abide by the ceasefires that they themselves say they want, uh, and to return to some sort of civilian authority inside Khartoum and over Sudan. Yeah, so as of now, Kirby says the U.S. not taking a side. Like we're not picking the, one yeah, of these hey, two, just, backing this one yeah. or the, over that one. Right, guys, just you know, figure this out so... We don't see any more deaths like we've already seen. At least not overtly. Right. Could be covertly backing someone. Well, that's good. That's a great point. <laughs> great point. Our history in the region, mm-hmm. right? There's a, we always have winners and losers, or at least a desired outcome. So I'd be interested to know if there's more to that story, but at least publicly, right? Not backing one side or the other. Just can we stop the Civil War? And, and how, to what degree would we have our diplomats try to get involved in brokering that sort of deal? looks like right now we just want out. Nope. Gone. The embassy is empty. But hard, you know, again, hard for many Americans to to find the why in terms of investing their attention and, and thinking about that. But 16,000 of our of countrymen and women are over there. Yeah. Right. And this thing could escalate. So just wanted to get on the record with that in the 8 o'clock hour here and look ahead to that story that's going to continue to be news this week. On a much more trivial sense, you were gone Friday, so I wanted to make sure that we had an opportunity to discuss the blue check marks. Uh, yes. <laughs> yes, yes, that's Spalding right. Spalding was in here. And we were talking about the blue checks. And I like a lot of the things that our guy Elon Musk has done with mm-hmm, Twitter. Mm-hmm. This is not one of them. And it's not because I lost my check mark. I don't care. <laughs> so yours never came back. That is correct. But some people... Well, so there are two issues here. You have celebrities and VIPs and others who are you know, in the know and have millions and millions of followers. Many of them no longer have... A blue check mark. So the first issue is okay. Well, someone else can pretend to be that person. Yes, uh, one that's of them my problem is the Chicago Mayor Lori Lightfoot, who apparently on on some fraudulent Twitter account tweeted that, "Yay, we're going to shut down Lakeshore Drive. Next <laughs> it won't be used for traffic anymore." And no check mark for anybody, so nobody knows. They're like, right. "Hey, the mayor said they're shutting down the freeway." So you have that issue. Boy, then you'd have some talk show host come on the air and really scream and yell about it. <laughs> <laughs> what are they doing over here? I can't believe it. I'm outraged. By this. So then the other issue, though, is that you have all of these blue check marks that have been taken away, but now they've been giving some of them back. So it's some celebrities are get. getting them back and they're like, hey, hold on, hold on, wait a minute, I'm not paying $8 a month for this. I'm not that vain <laughs> that I need to have the verification if I'm LeBron James. I love this part of the story. So backing up here quickly for folks who aren't on Twitter, I know not everybody is. The verification, the blue check mark was yeah. a form of verification. So 
even some clown like me who's verified, it was just because I was in the news media. Mm-hmm. So Twitter found value, as as does Instagram and Facebook. They'll do it as well. Correct. One, same company. They're both meta. And TikTok does it too, but from what I understand, it's really hard to get verified on TikTok. TikTok, it's not even so much a matter of you are who you say you are. It's just, do you have a billion followers? But nonetheless, all these these social media outlets have an op- uh, an avenue through which you could pers- uh, pursue verification because it was in the interest to the user to say, yes, this is the guy who's on WTMJ so that someone doesn't impersonate you or me with newsworthy items that you then somehow mistakenly attribute to them. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I and mean, we've seen it with sports, too, like a big trade comes down. Right. Okay, it's from this verified reporter. We yes. know that that trade is legit. So I looked at it. I mean, so various among us have viewed that as sort of, it was sort of a status symbol, right? right. If you were verified, I told you, my kids thought it was super cool that I was verified mm-hmm. on yes, Instagram. Sir. Could care less that I was on TV all those years, but ooh, check mark on Insta. Mm-hmm. All my friends think you're cool. So it was sort of the, became this sort of default status symbol. But now that it was going away, and what Musk has said is, you can pay eight dollars to get yourself a, eight dollars a month to get yourself a check mark, or not. And everybody else is going away, celebrities and journalists and whatever, with exception of it looks like they made exception for politicians. Right. So, for example, President Biden still has his check mark. Various others. But for the rest of everybody, it was like, nope, if you pay your eight bucks, you get a check mark. If you don't, you don't. So then it was this loss of status, right? So then he started putting check marks back on various yeah. people. And now they're the Not ones saying, hey, I don't want it to be perceived that it mattered so much to me right, right. that I'm paying the $8. Now they're bent out of shape. Among over. them is LeBron James. <laughs> and I love this story out of Slate where they talk about how difficult it is to get a hold of LeBron James. Like even if you're in the know. Even if you're NBA, you know, elite reporter type with okay. you know, of of the small handful that are kind of know all the agents and whatever, sure. it's hard to break through the representatives of LeBron James. He's just he's obviously that well known, that powerful, quote unquote. So this this line from Slate: consider it what consider what it must have taken for a reporter from The Verge, a technology website that has essentially nothing to do with the NBA, to quickly get a concise newsmaking response from James's people on Thursday. They basically reached out to him and said, hey, is this really you? You got a blue check mark? Is that something you paid for? And they were immediately like, nope. Nope. Not our guy. He didn't do it. <laughs> the Verge got immediate response from LeBron James's people to make sure that we all know that he's not paying the $8 a month. So the check mark has gone from status symbol to the exact opposite, yes. to scarlet letter. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he's one of those check mark guys. He paid the $8. I don't think so. <laughs> I just look at it from a user standpoint. I use the check mark to verify sources. And not that you ever take any anyone or anything at face value, but you could easily discern is this coming from somebody just squawking or is right. this coming from a legit news outlet or a legit newsmaker? Right. And so why I support many of the things that Musk has done with Twitter, this one doesn't speak to me as a user. And it it creates a less enjoyable, less informative experience. But as we've seen with Elon Musk, not anything is ever set in stone. 849 on Wisconsin's Morning News. Okay, we're out of time here, but I want your Mario review again. Ah, you yes. saw the Mario movie this weekend, So, right? right we with talked about family. this. My, my kids, for whatever reason, just had this just odd desire to see this movie in the, in the theater. They're big fans of, you know, Mario Kart and all that stuff. But for some reason, my 11-year-old especially was like, can we please go see this movie? 
So we were in the Dells for my uh, my in-laws' 50th wedding anniversary. We were having a big party there, and we had some downtime, so we went to go see the movie. And I guess it delivered. Did it meet your expectations? Yes. How? I don't know. It was like good and funny. It like connected to the to Mario Kart like more than I thought it would. Yeah. So my 11 yeah. year old loves Mario Kart. That was her big. Yeah. Criterion yeah. for attending the film. She, she saw won, in the trailer. She and, was into it for the yeah, Mario Kart. And they really did deliver on the Mario Kart stuff. Nice. It was pretty it was pretty cool. So Alright, so if you're gonna rate this movie, what would you rate it? One out of ten. Nine. A nine, really? That good? Yeah. Mm. Yeah, so she gives it a nine. So if you're wondering whether or not... That's Brynn. How old again? She's 11. 11. Mm -hmm. So a nine from the 11-year-old. Nine out of 10. Mm -hmm. And from the uh, 40-something-year-old, Eric, your review is? Uh, I don't know if I'm allowed to rate the movie. Sure you are. Well... Did you notice what was happening to me during the movie? Yeah. What was happening? You were sleeping. <laughs> Did you try to wake me up? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> but no success. Did that work? She kept bumping my arm like, wake up, wake up. And, and then you came to like a little bit. And then, yeah. And then I go out again. So I caught scenes, right? But it was all right. You know, Jack Black was really good as Bowser. Peaches, 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 peaches. Seth Rogen was really good as Donkey Kong. Okay. So I, I guess it delivered. I saw some Easter eggs in there and stuff about some of the video games and all that. So. Well, next time, don't go to the midnight show. I just <laughs> yeah. think that's really... Midnight midnight show for Mario. It was like a 1.30 in the afternoon show. Bad time. Danger zone. (laughs) Danger zone. 8.57 on Wisconsin's Morning News. At the end of the line, I'll make you mine. Oh.